Coach Harrison and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, here with you every single day, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Monday. Hope your Monday is going well. Overall, pretty solid weekend for Auburn Athletics. Baseball went 1-2 and two in the Round Rock Classic. Our resident uh, baseball expert, Lindsey Crosby, he'll join us about 15 minutes or so to give us his thoughts on the weekend for baseball. Uh, softball killed it. They went 5-0 and over the weekend. They're chilling at 10-1 and on the season. And hey, I've been really hard on head softball coach Mickey Dean for the past few seasons. Maybe he's got something cooking this year. I'm pulling for the guy. They're playing great. So uh, we got to keep uh, keep an eye on Auburn softball. They are absolutely getting after it. And uh, Then uh, the, the game of the weekend is a clear decision, in my opinion. Uh, before we get into that Auburn basketball game, we have a quick programming note. The day is finally here, friends and family. We will talk with Brad LaRondo on Wednesday. The godfather himself, the Auburn football chief of staff himself, that conversation happened on Friday. I love him. That'll drop on Wednesday. Charlie Five will join us tomorrow. So Auburn basketball, they took down Tennessee on Saturday for the sixth straight time. They won 77 to 72. And I did not expect the game to go this way at all. <laughs> I mean, at all. We, we've, we've talked about motivation for this Auburn basketball team. We've talked about energy. We've talked about youth. And, I mean, they absolutely played their hearts out against Tennessee. And Tennessee ranked 25th, just on the edge of it. But this is a tournament team. This is a top-tier team in the SEC. And Bruce Pearl had his guys ready. And I said over the past few weeks, it's like, I've got a good feeling about the Tennessee game. But after the Sharif Cooper news happened, and it seemed likely that Cooper would not play in this game, I'm like, eh, I don't think Auburn's going to win it. But happily... Very glad I was wrong on that. And I think a lot of this has to do with Bruce Pearl. I mean, his team absolutely loved him. His players loved him every single year. And I think it's clear that this game means a ton to him. Therefore, it means a ton to his players. So something interesting, Jamal Johnson started at point guard. And I've been very weary of that idea, and boy, was I wrong. He played 31 minutes, uh, three of five from the floor. He had three assists, only had one turnover. Bruce Pearl sung his praises after the game with his first time playing primary point guard, and he only turned the ball over once. Are you kidding me? If that would have been a line at betonline.ag, none of us would have bet that at all. (laughs) I mean, awesome performance for Jamal Johnson. And he was not the leading scorer. Allen Flanagan was the leading scorer. And offensively, Allen had one of the best games of his career. But the player of the game on Saturday was Jamal Johnson because Auburn had no point guard. And Bruce Pearl talked about it. And after the game, his decision, his staff's decision was to keep Allen Flanagan on the wing. And boy, they hit the jackpot. They absolutely nailed both of those decisions. Flanagan across 36 minutes was 7 of 14 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3. And he scored 23 points, and he had seven rebounds. And that's what you need if you're the Auburn Tigers on Saturday, and they totally rocked it. 
I also love that all five starters scored in double digits. JT Thor scored 10. Jalen Williams uh, did not look like himself. Two of five from the floor for 13. He got to the free throw line 10 times, made eight of them. You love that. Devin Cambridge scored 15. He was two of 10 from three. You don't love that. Uh, Alan Flanagan, we mentioned his 23, and Jamal Johnson, his 14. And then virtually, uh, you know, very little, absolutely almost nothing as far as point production off the bench. Chris Moore had two. No, uh, Dylan Cardwell had two, and that was it. So Auburn did it, and, you know, I've only talked about offense so far, but I really think the hero of this game was their defense. Because I think if all of us were asked the question going into Saturday's game, okay, hey, Auburn scores 77 points. Do you think they win the game? And we're all saying no to that, right? I mean, the last few weeks, they score 80 like they lose. So that's uh, that was a very, very fun thing to see for this Auburn team. And guys like... Babatunde Akinbola, he he seems like he played more than he normally did. How many minutes did he? He only registered eight. But he played a lot in the first half, and he normally doesn't do that. And so I, I thought that was good. Chris Moore played 17 minutes. These bigger physical guys that have, you know, this Bruce Pearl, you know, the, the long athletic dudes that he likes to get, you're going to need to see them be able to play defense more consistently next year if Auburn's going to go on this title run that everyone's predicting them to do so next year. And I think you saw a glimpse of that on Saturday. To me, that's a big deal. And I think you can totally make the argument that what we saw Saturday out of this Auburn basketball team was one of the best coaching jobs by Bruce Pearl in his time at Auburn. The only other one I can think of where he did more with less was against Alabama when he had seven scholarship players available. That's really the only one I can think of. But then, like, the reason I put this one above that is because Auburn was still the better team. Like, I don't know if all, Auburn was not the better team on Saturday, and they found a way to beat a really good Tennessee Volunteers team. And so looking ahead, they take on Alabama tomorrow night on Tuesday, and then on Saturday, the SEC rescheduled that Auburn-Mississippi State game. I believe they announced that, that would be at noon, when they initially announced it, they said uh, they did not have a tip time or TV schedule, and I still don't think they have a TV schedule for it. So we will keep you updated on that. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag. We talk about these guys all the time. It is the best place to place your bets across the whole interwebs. I'm not kidding. It's so easy. Betonline.ag. It even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV we got The Bachelor tonight, I'm just saying. Real updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. And they've got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Speaking of, if you would have bet on Auburn to cover, I think it was a 7.5-point game at tip. Tennessee was favored. I mean, that just says how big of a statement win that was for the Tigers on Saturday. You can head to their website, betonline.ag, use your mobile device, and sign up today. You can use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word, no spaces, and receive 50% of your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We got a listener text over the weekend. You can always call and leave a voicemail or shoot us a text. 205-502-4285 is how you can be a part of the show. Uh, All right. War Eagle Locked On Family. Suggestion for something to do on Mondays. Recap at AU Strength on Twitter. Iron Men of the Week. I always forget this page is a thing, just something that may be fun to do since Mondays are usually pretty slow. That is from Derek. Derek Mason? Just kidding. Spelled different. Thank you so much, Derek. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I think this will be a cool thing to do. We did it last Monday. I somehow missed the first one um, that happened because last week I said I was the first one, and I was I was wrong on that. Thank you to those who um, corrected me. But, yeah, cool. So uh, the Ironman of the week this week, Chandler Wooten on defense and JJ Piggies on offense. So let's um, let's talk about these guys. I think that's a great idea. Chandler Wooten obviously sat out last year. Curious to see if there's any rust in his game. I don't think there is. I'm just kind of trying to attack this conversation from both sides, positive and negative. I think the negative side is is the rust and what his teammates seem to think about him sitting out. I don't think there's anything negative. I'm just asking the question. Because it seems like, you know, whenever Auburn posts hype videos of them working out and things like that, um, he appears to be very vocal. And he's a very vocal player, which makes sense. He sat behind vocal linebackers of the past, and now he realizes it's his turn. And I think that's kind of what you saw the linebacker position under um, Coach Travis Williams. And so it appears he's been very vocal. And, uh, yeah, is he going to be ready? And I think he is. I think he's going to. I love the fit for him and Derek Mason's style of defense. I think he has the size and the ability to play inside and outside. And I think he complements his boy, Owen Papo, extremely well. So, Chandler Wooten, pumped to see him stepping up there and being the Ironman of the Week on defense. And on offense, for J.J. Pegues, I think this is a much bigger deal for him to get this shout-out. You know, we talked about this last week with uh, with Canyon, Elijah Canyon being the Ironman of the Week on offense. I think that says something there because there's a competition. With J.J. Pegues, he's in a competition, but I don't necessarily know he's in a, who he's in a competition with. Because, like, I've asked this question before ever since Harson got hired. Like, what is J.J. Pegues' role in this offense moving forward? I assume he's playing tight end. I don't think he's going to be a fullback. I... But he might be. He may. I don't know why I assume that. But I think he's going to have to play this true tight end role. There's going to be far less gadget plays and far less gadget positions in this style of offense. And I think when you look at it, it's like, okay, Harold Joyner got out. And like really the only other guy that is kind of gadgety, I hate to use that because it's not a word. I don't think it may be. But it's, it's J.J. Pegues. And so you kind of wonder, like, are they pushing him to change his body? Are they pushing him to drop some pounds, try to get down to that 270 range, maybe 260 or so? 
I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. But I think Auburn publicly saying, hey, this guy is putting in the work for everyone to see, I think that's a huge sign. And I just wonder what weight he's going to play at. Let us know. Shoot us a tweet on Twitter at Auburn. Uh, or we're on Instagram at Auburn Podcast if you want to message us. But on Twitter at Locked on Auburn or just let me know in the Discord under the, the pod questions what you would think. And I'll put a link to the uh, the Discord link in the episode description down below. But yeah, congrats to Chandler Wooten and JJ Pekees. Uh A quick, uh, quick second on some of the questions from the Discord. Cam Gilmer asked, does Gus going to UCF change the game for Auburn recruiting? I don't fully understand that question, but I, I think the answer is yes. Auburn Auburn's recruiting is going to change drastically. I think you see... You're going to see a lot more of an organized approach. I think you're going to see certain position groups have, you know, everybody have a top 10 for their guys, and they go and get them. I think that's kind of what it's going to look like. And I think Harson is going to have more of an ability to be a hands-off guy, a CEO, than you did before. Um, so, yes, I, I think it does change the game for Auburn recruiting. I don't... I don't know like if Gus going to UCF specifically is part of the question. Uh, I don't know. Auburn does recruit Florida, though, so we'll, uh, we'll see if that has any impact on it. Ricky asks, freshman or redshirt freshman, you expect to have the biggest impact this year? And Ricky, this is an even weirder... Uh, not that you're, This is a great question, but the answer is a little weird because like the true freshman last year or true freshman this year. So my answer is Kobe Hudson on offense. And if I had to pick a defensive guy, it's Ladarius Tennyson. Um, some, uh, some guys that we saw less of, maybe uh, Chris Thompson Jr. at safety. He may start at safety. We don't know yet. But those are the guys I'm looking forward to seeing the most. As far as incoming guys, I don't really think we're going to see a whole lot of them. Um, I, I, I just don't. I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but that's... That is, uh, that's how I stand on, um, I don't know, this is where I'm at on that. So I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope some of these guys crack the, uh, crack the rotation, but I just don't see it yet. We'll have to wait until we see or hear more things coming out of spring camp. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. We talked about it before and a lot of you guys message me every week saying that, hey, you absolutely agree, but Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And they've got new flavors, it seems like, every day now. If you don't follow them on any form of social media, you need to just because they show you how the bars are made. And it's really, really satisfying to watch. But they're, uh, they're constantly running different deals and different promotions on you know limited time flavors. And uh, all the bars are delicious. They're all covered 100% in chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. And uh, it's, it's healthy for you. It's great. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it actually has low sugar, high protein. A lot of these protein bars that taste good are loaded up with sugar, not Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON20. That is a new promo code. LOCKEDON20. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-0. No spaces. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on 20 for 20% off. That's at builtbar.com. We're now joined by Lindsey Crosby, our resident uh, Auburn uh, baseball expert. How are you, friend? I'm doing okay. We ended on a high note this weekend, so I'm doing okay. Yeah, one and two on the weekend in the Round Rock Classic, which apparently Round Rock, Texas is just outside of uh, Waco, which 
We learned that thanks to uh, your mother who uh, lives out in Texas. So thank you so much to her. But yeah, so really kind of a rough start for the Tigers. Let's just kind of go in order. Uh, take us through Friday's game against Oklahoma. Yeah, so a loss, 4-3 to three in 10 innings. You know, the, if you look at the box score, you're going to think it's the bullpen because we gave up a run in the 8th and the ninth and the 10th. But it was really the bat. We had 11 hits, but we were only 2 of 17 with runners in scoring position. Mm. Um, and that's just, that's not championship baseball. Is that fixable moving forward? Is this just uh, early season jitters? Is that a big deal? I think it's probably a combination of early season jitters and we haven't really faced a quality pitcher like what Oklahoma's put up there. So just a little bit of, we haven't seen this kind of stuff yet and that it's so early in the season, you just don't quite have your groove. Uh, you know, this is something we definitely have the experience to fix this. We just need to actually make it happen. All right. So you got an MVP from uh, from Friday's contest. Anybody that stood out to you? Ryan Bliss went three for five, had a run and an RBI. A couple great plays on defense. We were a little bit worried about his health going into the weekend. Yeah, He's definitely not 100%, but he's, he's awful close to it, man. He really is. Had a great game on Friday. Did he sit out both games against Alabama State? He did. He missed both games. First two games, he's not started in his entire Auburn career. Like Nobody had played shortstop for us since he joined the school until Tuesday and Wednesday. So it was good to see him back out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Saturday took on Baylor. Did not look as good. Why was that? Baylor scored early in offense. You know, when you give up a home run to the leadoff hitter, uh, it just starts you on a bad tone for the entire game. Uh, Spitz is one of our best pitchers. You know, he went four and a third, but he gave up seven runs on nine hits with only two strikeouts. Uh, I don't know why his stuff just wasn't playing on Saturday. I guess, it, you know, his, his command seemed to be there, but the Baylor batters knew what was coming, and those, those balls were flying out of the ballpark. Is that a concern, Lindsay? I mean, this is a guy that Auburn fans thought was going to be the ace. He's the number two guy in the weekend rotation. I mean, obviously Auburn's going to need him this season. It's definitely not great, but I don't think we're in quite in panic button mode yet. Sure. You know, he had a great start last weekend. This one obviously wasn't great. This upcoming weekend against Xavier is really going to kind of tell us what do we have in Richard Fitz? Is he that top of the rotation guy who can carry the staff or is this going to be more of a team effort? So we'll know more this weekend, but definitely not great. Yeah, sure. You have an MVP from Saturday's game? Peyton Glavin, actually. Uh, Career high is three innings. Yeah, three innings, one hit, two strikeouts, only faced nine batters. Okay. Uh, His command looks fantastic. We've always talked about you know, it's a shame he didn't have his dad's off-speed stuff. And, you know, he looked really good. Uh, he just he was putting everything where he wanted it, making, making batters miss, and just three, three great innings. You can't ask for much more from a long man out of the pen. I, uh, I looked over the box score. I somehow missed that note. So that's, uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that to light. All right, so, yeah, you, you mentioned Auburn ended on a high note. They, uh, they beat Texas A&M, which is kind of weird that it's an SEC on SEC game, but uh, counts as a non-conference contest. But Auburn won this one. Tell us why. Trace Bright. Two words, 11 letters. Trace Bright. <laughs> uh, complete stud. He, he started on Tuesday. He came out again on, on Sunday. Six innings, three hits, one strikeout, no walks. I'm sorry, two walks, no runs allowed. His command was phenomenal. Uh, there was absolutely nothing the AM batters could do to even have a chance of, of getting solid contact and putting a ball in play. Um, he just completely shut them down. 
and then the bullpen stepped up and closed out the weekend for it. Does this, I mean, does he have a chance to be Auburn's Sunday guy moving forward after this? You know, we didn't know who was going to be the Sunday guy. We thought there was a lot of options. And obviously, Butch Thompson thought there was something to his start on Tuesday because he threw him back out there. And I honestly, after this performance against an SEC opponent, I think he's our Sunday guy going forward. And depending on what happens with the Friday and Saturday guys, we may need him to come out and win some series for us on Sundays. So I assume he's the MVP from, uh, from Sunday's game? He's the MVP, but I do want to give runner-up nods to Tyler Miller. Uh, okay. He played a lot of outfield for us last year. He's been playing first base this year. His last eight at-bats over the weekend, he was 7-for-7, seven seven, a double, a triple, a home run, four RBIs, and four runs scored. Just had a great weekend, and he kind of got, got overshadowed by Trace Bright in that last game. But, you know, 4-for-4 four four on Sunday, 7-for-7 seven seven in his last eight at-bats. You really can't – you literally can't ask for much more from a guy than what Tyler Miller's given us. So beating the SEC team, and Auburn will play Texas A&M in a series later this year – what does that mean moving forward? I mean, you got to think that that's got to feel good to some extent. You know, you go into Texas to beat A&M. Obviously, you got the other two games you got to look at as well. But what does it mean leaving this uh, this weekend kind of going uh, one and two against three pretty solid teams? Going one and two hurts. And I think the way you went one and two, losing a game in extras that you were up three to nothing and you let them come back and lose it in extras and then get kind of getting blown out against Baylor. The box score says 12-6, to 6, but that game was, was I believe, loving to nothing at one point in time. So getting that win on Sunday was really big, and not only doing it, but doing it behind a guy who was making his first weekend start for you uh, and looking as good as he did just really kind of has to give the team – it would have been a long ride home if they, had, if they hadn't have had as good of a game on Sunday as they did. Uh, r- really excited for, for just the lift this is going to give the guys going into the rest of the non-conference schedule and then coming back and playing A&M again in May is going to be a really interesting series there. Sure, and uh, let's take a quick question from the Locked on Auburn Discord. Mentioned it earlier in the show, but we'll put a link to how you can join that in the episode description. But Tiger Histalmos asked a baseball question eight games in. What is, uh, what is Auburn Banker, which is you, what is your take so far eight games into the season? So we've shown that we can execute at a high level in all three phases. Uh, obviously, the pitching is there. We've seen, we've seen the hitting. We scored 33 runs the other day. We've seen the hitting, and we've seen the defense. We just haven't seen all three of those in one game until Sunday against Texas A&M. And so the question was, can we do it at a high level against you know, the, the big-name teams and the weekend series we're going to face? And that Texas A&M game was really huge to show us we can do, we can execute in all three phases at a level that is good enough to take us to the regionals and the super regionals. Uh, it's just a question of consistency. Can we do, can we put it all together or at least get two of those three things on a consistent enough basis to win, to go out there, win every series and have a chance to make noise in the playoffs? That's Lindsey Crosby joining us on this Monday edition of Locked on Auburn. Appreciate your time, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that is Lindsey. He is at Auburn Banker on Twitter and at Auburn Banker in the Locked on Auburn Discord. And I'm Zach Blackerby on Twitter at ZBlackerby. We'll be back tomorrow for a Charlie Tuesday. Charlie Five will join us. And on Wednesday, don't forget to come back, especially on Wednesday, Brad LaRondo, the king of chicken parm himself, joins us. (laughs) See you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.